Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas for our latest edition of the Texas Values Report. If you're new to the show, we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom as they relate to the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. We've got over 200 consecutive shows running. I've lost count. I'll ask somebody from our team to give us an update. It's been about four years running, coming up on five years, I think, in March. I'm going to have to check my math. But it's not all about that today. It's about a great guest we have today to talk about religious liberty. And you know that's what we talk about. And, you know, look, we focus on what happens in the state of Texas. And that certainly means that what happens at the national level can impact Texas. Certainly when good things are happening at the national level that relates to our issues, we want to let you know about them. And then we're going to tie it into why it matters to you locally. And someone who knows all about that, particularly as it relates to religious liberty, is going to be our guest today. Kelly Shackelford is going to be our guest today. He is president and CEO of First Liberty Institute, the largest organization in the state of Texas that focuses on religious liberty protections and court cases across the country. He's also a board member of Texas Values, so it's always great to have that connection with Kelly and stay in touch with him in his work. Uh, that he's doing. He was one of the voted one of the top 25 lawyers in the past 25 years. We could spend the whole show if I was just going to talk to you about his accomplishments, but we're going to talk about things that are happening here in the past week or two as it relates to religious liberty. Kelly, welcome back to the Texas Values Report. Happy to be on, Jonathan. Well, look, a lot of talk this week about religious liberty in our circles, at least, because of the messaging we heard from President Trump during the State of the Union address. There's a couple of articles floating around. Was it the most pro-life, pro-family presidential speech or State of the Union speech ever? I mean, we can leave that up for debate, but certainly some good evidence and reason for people to write that or suggest that. You know, a lot of good information during the State of Union address, a lot about the economy, the strength of the nation, border security, all kinds of things that people care about. And then second half of it talks started talking about a lot of issues that you and I care about, a lot of Christians care about, and I'm sure other people across the country, is the First Amendment and the protection of the religious liberty, religious liberties. And, you know, the president came out and made several key statements from the beginning. I mean, he didn't just kind of throw out a general reference. I mean, he started talking about important issues and things that have happened really in the past year or so in, in our country. And one of them, it sounded to me like, referenced the Bladensburg Cross case when the president said, you know, in talking about First Amendment religious liberty, that we don't tear down crosses. What do you think about some of the president's comments on these issues? Yeah, I, uh, I, you know, we've, we've had a pretty amazing uh, three weeks at First Liberty. You know, three weeks ago, we were in the Oval Office with the president when uh, he made a, a major announcement on religious freedom about guidelines in our public schools for uh, uh, the right to pray in our public schools. And then, you know, three weeks later, we're watching the, the State of the Union, and he, he clearly referenced our Supreme Court victory in the uh, Bladensburg Cross case. So mentioned that in America, we don't tear down our crosses. Uh, so it, it was... That was pretty incredible, and we were very encouraged by that because that's a, a significant decision. That decision is somewhat of a sea change. Uh, we've had some bad case law for about 50 years that that is, is a shift in, and I think we're, we're starting to see a big change, really ultimately because of the good judges we're getting on the courts now, including our justices, and so they're starting to take us back to the Constitution. So. What he said was, I thought uh, it was surprising, you know, that that he highlighted that, but it's appropriate. It, it was, you know, it's a very significant. Um, these attacks on our 
you know, crosses or, or religious symbols in public that we've experienced our whole lives, you know, nativity scenes and, and all this that come under attack, all that hostility is now really on the way out. And, uh, and it's because we've got good justices, and now we've got a good opinion to start to move us back in the right, the right direction. Well, I thought it was interesting, too, because you and I know in the circles we run in and the issues that we're involved in and the, and the people we come into contact, a lot of times you'll hear people say or suggest or there's a notion out there that kids can't pray in public schools. And I don't rush to tell them, no, you're wrong, because obviously there are a lot of government officials that are telling kids they can't pray. But I want to give them a full analysis of it because we know, you and I know, because of court cases like Tinker versus Des Moines and many others, that and state law here in the state of Texas that Texas values, and you were part of helping when I was a part of First Liberty Institute in 2007, the school children's religious liberty bill, that there are protections for praying in school for students, but for many decades, because of court cases uh, before Tinker and others, there's this notion that you can't and people that perpetuate that. And so to hear the president in probably one of the most watched speeches of any elected official in the entire year. For him to put that out there is just a really strong message and something that, you know, you hope people will hear and then go back to their school and go, hey, the president said I could pray in school. Uh, what do you have to That's say right. about that? And so for him to lead from the top and to be very specific on these issues, just a lot of value there. Yes. And uh, and I'll take you take you back three weeks ago when he announced this from the Oval Office. Um, again, I've been doing religious freedom work for 30 years Um and uh, and the, I, the, no president has ever done what he did uh, that day. And he announced three major initiatives, but one of them was um, this updating of the guidelines with regard to uh, religious freedom in our public schools. And you know, when he did that, you know, we were getting going into the Oval Office, and well, I had two of our clients were there: Coach Kennedy, uh, which I think a lot of people know about his his case. You know, the coach who was fired for going to a knee. Uh, by himself and saying a 20-second silent prayer after the football game. And then the other person that we had there, one of our clients, was Hannah um, Allen from Texas. Um, she, uh, as a 13-year-old girl in middle school, um, had found out that one of their friends was in a tractor accident, and so she gathered a number of their friends together during their free time, and they prayed for him. And after that, the principal came up to them and said, don't ever do that again. And, you know, a bunch of parents got very upset. And so the next day, uh, the principal uh, told them, okay, well, you can pray in the future, but, but you're going to have to go behind that curtain over there or in some other building. And uh, at that point, they contacted us, and we said, no, 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 they're not going to be going behind the curtain. And, you know, <laughs> what you're doing here is discrimination, and you're trying to intimidate them out of exercising their First Amendment rights. And so by the time we were done, they had, you know, apologized and changed everything. Well, so we're standing in the Oval Office, and the, the team around the president said, Hannah, we want you to stand right here, which was right. And the president was sitting at the Resolute desk, and they had her sitting right to his left in the most prominent position. And as soon as he uh, gave his announcement with the probably 100 TV cameras in there about religious freedom, he turned and he said, Hannah, why don't you tell your story? Wow. And she she told her story. I'm telling you, if I was a 14 or 15 year old girl, I think I probably couldn't have gotten the word out. She did a beautiful job. And really, I thought that was just such a great example of the types of things that happen, just like you talked about, Jonathan, because people don't know 
that, that you know, you've got school officials at times that think that they're supposed to shut down religious expression when that's a violation of the Constitution. And so it was a great example of, and he, and at the end of Hannah's talk, he said, well, we're going to try to make sure that never happens again. Well, um, and look, that was the whole, that was the whole point is get, let's uh, let everybody see this because this should not happen. And we're going to try to make that happen a lot less, you know, and try to uh, stop a lot of this, uh, fear that leads to these violations of the Constitution. Well, look, and just another example of how Texas is making an impact and Texans are making an impact on issues across the country. But it starts a lot when your own community. And that's why it's so important. If people have questions about these issues, if you get challenged like this, you've got to reach out to someone. You can contact our office. You can contact First Liberty and if you need direct legal help. But so often these things happen and no one does anything because people don't know who to call. They're unsure about what their rights are. So hearing the president remind people of that is so important. Kelly, but what an opportunity. We're talking with uh, Chief Counsel and CEO of First Liberty Institute, Kelly Shackelford. First Liberty Institute is based here in the state of Texas, but they do work across the country on religious liberty cases. What a great opportunity to be in the Oval Office. I've never been in the Oval Office. I peeked into it from outside the door on a tour from a good friend of ours last year. I thought I was in a good spot. You're right there. Tell me what that experience was like for you. I mean, I know you've been in a lot of important places. There's no question about that. You've been at the U.S. Supreme Court. You've won at the U.S. Supreme Court. You've been with other presidents. This had to be special, though. It was. Uh, I've been. I've been same like you. Years ago, before the security of nine eleven, uh, I've been with a friend who was in the White House, and I've walked all around, including right next to the Oval Office, peek my head in, all that. But it's different. I've never been in there with a president who was actually doing something on religious liberty where we were a part of that, and because there was only about fifteen people or so, uh, and it's not a huge place when you add all the gazillion of media that are in there. To, to film and, and do the, you know, uh, the cameras. So that was really an honor. And, uh, and again, I, when we let, I don't know if people know how it works. Basically you get in there first, then they, they have a side door that they eventually let the media uh, come in. And then when they're done, they push the media out. So you're still there with the president. So, um, I think I was probably the second to last person to leave. And, uh, I reached across the desk, uh, the Resolute desk, to shake uh, the president's hand and just say, look, you know, Mr. President, I've been doing this kind of work for 30 years. No president has ever done anything like what you did today. And I said, I just want to say thank you, because um, it really was meaningful, as you talked about. And and that was the, the one we were doing there was on religious freedom in our public schools. And it, by the way, it includes coaches and teachers, too. So th- those updates weren't just for the students. They were for Teachers, coaches like Coach Kennedy, teachers who teach, they, it's very specific. They do not have to drop their, their religious freedoms at school. Uh, you know. And so that was all laid out. Um, but he, on that same day, there were two other major initiatives throughout other agencies, all protecting religious freedom. So it was a pretty significant day. He did, they did it on Religious Freedom Day on purpose. Uh, but uh, they did stuff, um, the Office of Management Budget, sent out uh, a memo to all federal agencies saying when you distribute money to the states, you are not to distribute any money to any state that is engaging in religious discrimination against religious institutions. 
uh, talk about a message. Boy, that's a message. <laughs> no, there's a- absolutely right. We're talking with Kelly Shackelford, Chief Counsel and CEO of First Liberty Institute, the largest organization in the country focusing on religious liberty protections. They're based here in the state of Texas. Kelly, while you were in the Oval Office, I was getting lost trying to find my way to St. Peter and Paul Catholic Church in New Braunfels. I don't know what happened with my um, app that day, and I ended up I ended up like in Green, Texas. And I'm like, okay, I'm hitting all this traffic. There's some live music um, show happen. I'm just trying to get to the church, but I was there in New Braunfels speaking at this church, and I was so you know just I, I mean I I can't help but say the word proud. Okay, I mean I know you're you're um you know, a mentor of mine, you've been doing this long work. I was proud of you for you being in that opportunity. Cause just look in the limited time that I've been in this work, I know how, you know, of an accomplishment or just how notable it can be to have that type of time with the president. But to your point, to have these issues recognized so specifically by the leader of our country, maybe possibly more so than any presidents before, and maybe that's just a indicative of the need for it, but it certainly is relevant. And, and so to see that type of leadership for our president, to have someone from our great state of Texas, an expert like yourself, bringing these issues to their attention and then having an impact and I'm not saying she had anything to do with it, okay? But our former colleague, uh, Nicole Hudgens, who was a team member of Texas Values, I know has, is now doing work up in D.C. on some great religious liberty work. It's great to see Texans and people like yourself that do work nationwide having an impact on these issues and now having the president on board with these things uh, just gives an opportunity for more people to hear about it. And what a great story for this young lady. And th- and that's what people need to continue to hear about, right? These are real stories. These are real things that are happening. Coach Kennedy got fired. The guy lost his job. I mean, how long was he a coach? For quite some time, uh, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, and he's and it's been. I guess his litigation now has been going on for, I guess, almost six years. So he's still. And I mean, it's taken forever for him to finally get uh, what he deserves, which is it to to get back with those kids he you know they love him as a coach and that was his biggest struggle in doing what he did and and having to file the lawsuit because he was like uh i don't i don't want to be away from these kids i'd rather just kind of fold in and just get to to do do what he does which is have such an influence on him but he's like what kind of example am i if i you know here i am 20 years in the marines i'm now a coach and the first time there's a battle i cut and run uh, that's not a good example for these kids. So here he is really, you know, suffering because he, he would love to be with the kids, but he knows he's fighting for a principle that's going to affect millions and millions and millions of people, including a lot of other coaches. And uh, so he's he's being stalwart. And I would tell you, Jonathan, you mentioned Hannah's story is an inspiration of what she did. Um, we have um, – it's on our – I know it's on our um, Facebook at First Liberty – it's probably on our website as well uh, somewhere, but I know it's on the uh, the uh, Facebook page. We took the clips of Hannah and what she said in the Oval Office and um, Coach Kennedy. I think it lasts a total of maybe 90 seconds, and people can watch that and see. I think they'd be really proud of this young Texas girl, uh, and, Co- and it's fun to see Coach Kennedy as well. But you can see kind of what happened there in the Oval Office if the cameras were going we uh, took those clips and uh, put them together where people could watch them. Well, you know, I, it just reminds me of the case that I was, I mean, barely helped with as I was transitioning into Texas values, but the case with Angela Hildebrand many years ago. I remember mm-hmm. standing on the football field that night when she was going to give her speech 
at that graduation ceremony. I mean, these kids have to have a really a lot of strength and a lot of courage to be around their friends and people they know and really administrators and going up against people. It is no easy task, but it makes it a lot easier when you got champions of religious freedom like Kelly Shackelford and Hiram Sasser and all the great team at First Liberty that are backing you up. So firstliberty.org is their website. If you have questions about these issues, if you need to call Texas Values, if we can help in any way, please let us know. And we're here to do that. Kelly, I want to talk about something that the president also mentioned the State of the Union address in one of his quotes that, you know, we don't muzzle pastors and people at the uh, the pulpit, really alluding to, if you will, the sermons that were subpoenaed in Houston or whatever the case may be. But just a lot of this hostility as we are in an election year where people think that pastors and churches aren't allowed to talk about issues related to elections. Talk to our listeners a little bit about that and some of the rights that exist for churches as it um, as we're now in a very active and an important election season. Yeah, we, you know, I would just say this. We have a little one-page summary that says pastors and our churches and elections, what's the law? That takes a lot of this confusion off the table. So if people ever need it, we have those. I mean, I I bet you guys might even have a copy of that. You're certainly uh, willing to give it out from Texas Values as well. But people need to know there's a lot of fear here, and it's un, it, it's really undeserved fear. Um, the, anything that a church would really want to do or a pastor would want to do, they really have the freedom to do. So a lot of them being scared around elections is just sort of uh, them censoring themselves. The job of a pastor, you know, this is in Scripture in Ephesians 4, is to equip the saints for works of service. Their, their job is to train and equip everybody to represent Christ in every area of society. That includes in the voting booth. So, of course, pastors should be talking about these issues. D- is there any restriction on that? No, there's not. Can they can they talk about issues that are in the elections? Absolutely they can. No restriction on that. Can they? Can a pastor, in their individual capacity, endorse somebody? Sure they can. They're an American citizen. They can be the head of the campaign committee for somebody if they want to. Um, here's here's what uh, – can they have voters' guides? Uh, yes. No question they can have uh, voters' guides. Can they invite the candidates from an election to all come and speak to their church? Yes, they can. What if just one shows up and that's the Christian one? That's fine. They've invited it happens. everybody. It happens. Yeah. And so they, they can do everything they would want to do. The only things that the IRS would say they can't do are two things that I've never seen churches want to do. Number one, they can't endorse or oppose one candidate over another as a church, nonprofit, 501c3 entity. Um, again, the pastor can do what they want. I've never seen anybody that says, hey, we want to say First Baptist Church of blah, blah, blah is endorsing candidate A. Um, so I, I just never see anybody that wanted to do that. The second thing, though, is they can't give church resources to one candidate over another. Again, I haven't seen a lot of churches wanting to open, open their church coffers right. to some political candidate. So the things that the church is called to do, to speak the truth, to talk about these issues, to bring the Bible to bear, to educate their people on where everybody stands on the issues, all the all these kinds of things that they want to do, registering people to vote, all, yep. they can do all of that, and there is zero question. So this is a lot of times about fear and intimidation, and people just don't need to fall for it. They need to do what the church is called to do, which is lead on issues of morality and righteousness and truth, and to really help their people represent Christ when they go in that voting booth. 
because if you don't represent Christ, somebody else will represent something very different. Oh, there's, there's no question about that. I mean, look, particularly in the state of Texas, there is a tug of war right now, as we like to think of it as it relates to Texas values, right? People are wanting to redefine not only marriage and religious re- liberty, they want to redefine a whole lot of things in our state of Texas. You know, and we kind of joke around sometimes with the Gonzalez flag, come and take it. Oh, they're ready to, okay? The other side, they're <laughs> ready to come and take it. There's no question about it. They're going door to door. They see that there's an opportunity in this election season, this presidential. There's certainly more of a turnout, but there's a lot of opportunity too for more people to just kind of back off and get jaded and be disillusioned and just Say, you know, what's the point? Uh, that now is not the time for that. And that's where pastors and churches can come along, people come alongside them and be a voice and say, look, don't get overwhelmed by all of this. Don't get frustrated and think, oh, all the candidates are bad. What's the point? Every vote matters. There was an election in the local area where I live in Cedar Park that was decided by four votes on election day. And I think two votes when the count recount happened. It can happen, folks. And, and there is a tremendous responsibility in duty in the churches and the pastors, because I think you're right, Kelly, a lot of them have been led to believe they're not allowed to do these things. And the IRS is going to come after me. You know, it's, it's typically, it's not the IRS. It's people that are against these type of freedoms, the freedom from religion foundation, all these entities that yes. send, send these letters with bad legal advice. People get scared. If you get one of those letters, call first Liberty. If you have, you're having, um, if you don't hear back or, or you're, um, not in that area or whatever, or if you know people from Texas Values, call Texas Values. Call your local state rep. Call your congressman. Don't let those letters just sit there and collect dust or for you to think if you get some kind of note like that or someone says something to you that you have to back off. Don't believe it. Reach out to someone. And Kelly, that is your point too, or one of your biggest points, and I agree. It's the self-censorship. A lot of times, yes. you know, our, our Christian brothers and sisters are censoring themselves, and there's no reason for that. There isn't, and it makes a big difference. You look who we elect is, is makes a big difference. I mean, we uh, we just won a major Supreme Court case on religious freedom, where the hostility to religion that we've seen our whole life in all these cases, whether it's against uh, nativity scenes or, or veterans memorials that have a, a cross, or whether it's against the Ten Commandments, all that are, that we've seen our whole life is based on a precedent that we just uh, had to ask the Supreme Court to, and they just set aside. So we're about to have, we've had 50 years of, of hostility to religion from the government. That's all in the process now of changing. That will make a huge difference for the freedom and the openness of the gospel throughout all of our country. These things matter, and I would have people be encouraged. There's some really good things happening right now on religious freedom. I mean, we just won two huge cases. Uh, they're, they're starting to, all around the country, tell people in these senior living facilities that they can't have a Bible study together or pray together. And a lot of these people can't go anywhere. They're in a wheelchair or whatever. That's and right. We just won two separate cases in different areas of the country to say, you can't do that. And so we're, we're really getting good uh, victories and results. But it depends upon all of us being good stewards. You have to have people like Hannah Allen willing to stand yeah. up, she and her, and her mom. They were brave to stand up, and you got to have people like these seniors stand up, and you've got to go out and vote. 
and you got to put people in office who care about our freedoms. And uh, well, there's no question uh, about that. Good things. Well, there's no question about that. We're almost out of time. What I mean, time goes by fast when you're talking about a legal giant, an expert in law and religious liberty, Kelly Shackelford. One more thing, Kelly. Too, I want to throw in a reminder: Election Day is coming up on March 3rd. There are two weeks of early voting coming up. Great opportunities for church and pastors to get more information about this issue. You can call us too. Texas Values has a new project, the Church and Pastor Outreach Project, where we're looking for opportunities to come out to churches, to come out to your groups, to speak to you, to let you know what your rights are. You can do that at First Liberty too if you want to have them come out. I'm volunteering your staff on your behalf, Kelly. Sorry. But I know y'all are right up there in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, reach out to someone that you know and trust to get information about this. We'd love to come out and talk to you about more of these things. Okay, before we lose you, Kelly, I'm going to throw something out. I didn't tell you before the show I was going to mention this. I saw something in sports news yesterday or the day before that Baylor's men's basketball is ranked number one in the country. I know you're a proud Baylor alum. Is that right? Did I read that right? You read it right, man. (laughs) They've been that way for a while. It's been a fun year. Baylor women's basketball has been up at number one before, but uh, to have the men up there too is, uh, is a pretty good thing. I'm, I'm, uh, those Baylor fans who went through a pretty tough time there yeah. a few years ago yeah. are really enjoying things now. They've got a new football coach who's a strong believer and is excited about living out his Christian faith and is a great coach from LSU. So they're they're looking good on the sports side. So it's kind of a fun time for those Baylor fans. Well, no doubt. Well, look, Kelly, we love having you on. It's a treat. We're going to have you back. We know there's really no one that knows more about these issues across the country and definitely in the state of Texas than you do. Kelly Shackelford, Chief Counsel and CEO of First Liberty Institute and Texas Values Board member, has been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thanks, Kelly. I enjoyed it. All right. Always great to have Kelly on. And, um, you know, look, I kind of joke around or kind of throw in the little mention there about him being on the board of Texas Values. He doesn't do any work for us day to day, but he is a part of our board membership. And I just mentioned that because I'm, you know, very thankful. I mean, look, for us to be an effective in some of the work that we do, and we're not out there litigating a bunch of court cases. OK, we've jumped in a few here and there when we need to and, and we can or we have to. They're the experts when it comes to court cases. They're the guys to go to. And Kelly gives us that guidance, too, from an organizational perspective. He's been doing it so long. You can go to firstliberty.org, find out more about their work, and you can support Texas Values at txvalues.org. Election days are coming up. Um, early voting starts in a week or so. We're going to have a lot of updates. Freevotersguide.com is the website you want to check out for the Voters Guide information, freevotersguide.com. And you can see all the other information we're doing at txvalues.org. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report. <laughs>